Blog Talk Radio. More live fantasy sports radio than anyone on the planet. Seven continuous hours of football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus seven hours of game day frenzy on Sunday. 30 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Like Craig Davis of FantasyFootball.com. The Audible Cecil Lammy. Paul Greco of Melnick and Greco Fantasy Sports. And the fantasy football guys Lyle Conkiel and Kevin Moore. The Fantasy Sports Channel. Only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. We are live with the draft slot announcements for the FFPC Big Payback Satellite Draft. It's coming up next, Red vs. Blue, 60 seconds. One bleeds red, and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Yes, yes. Hello, everybody. Good evening. Welcome to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. It is July 17, 2009, and we are providing the live draft slot announcements tonight for the $500 satellite, big payback draft for the uh, Fantasy Football Players Championship. I am Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football, and I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mike, I got that five spot in the uh, main event draft. What do you think about that five spot this year? Hey, I'll tell you what, Scott. Uh, first off, thanks a lot for uh, for having me uh, on again. Uh, the five slot, you know, that's pretty. Uh, it's pretty enticing. There's a lot of a uh, lot of advantages there. Uh, you can go with uh, different players, and I want to throw some out, uh, just like we talked about earlier today. Uh, there's going to be a lot of different things, different angles you can take. Uh, obviously, you can't trade it, but uh, you, you still have that five slot. And then coming back in round two and three, uh, that can make you even more enticing to uh, pick up. Uh, Nice uh, running backs, wide receivers, and et cetera. Yeah, and uh, we've got a good chat room tonight. And um, I'll tell you what, thanks for being here. The the crew is always with us every Friday night, 11 o'clock Eastern. Uh, they are commenting that Mike is much louder than me on the mic, and uh, I need to get that landline taken care of. Uh, All right, well, well, Scott, can I say one thing real quick? Sure. I am totally out of breath. I was outside at quarter to 11, and uh, 
I had my phone. It was sitting on the speaker, and I raced for it, and I knocked it off, and it went down to the shrubs. So I'm out of breath. <laughs> I had to go downstairs, pick up the phone, find it, and I heard the promo, and here we are. And I've got a freaking needle in my hand. So anyway, keep going. Glad, glad you were here, buddy. You can make it. Uh, it wouldn't be the, wouldn't be the same without you. Hey, this um, we, we've got some things to cover. We are going to announce the we're going to have the live draw for the draft slots. I'll tell you, we've got twelve of the brightest minds uh, that are participating in this uh, big payback satellite draft for five hundred dollars. Uh, the winner of this league will win a free entry into the $5,000 entry fee big payback draft in uh, next year. Uh, we're real excited about that. And I tell you what, somebody's going to be sitting at the table, and they're going to be sitting there for $500 when everybody else paid five grand. So it's going to be really nice to see that. And the winner of that league gets $25,000. So there's a lot going on. We're going to announce that later in the show. Alex Kaganowski will be with us. Uh, are, are, are they? We gonna be able to break down the uh, the owners and uh, all the owners that's involved? We're, we're we're gonna try absolutely. We've got uh, we we think a big part of uh, what's missing in the world of high stakes fantasy football is the coverage of our players. Uh, these players dedicate their heart and soul to this thing, and uh, we 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 want to give that attention uh, where attention is due. Um, so we are gonna break down it and let the listeners get to know. Uh, the players that are in these high-stakes uh, events. That's that's what this uh, commentary draft is here to do. And then to break down the draft as it's going on, that draft is on August 21st. So mark your calendars. Go ahead and grab your phone and mark it down. August 21st at 1045 Eastern. The draft will get started at 1045 on the money, and we will start our show at 11 o'clock. So you'll have about 15 minutes there. So that first round will be done. We'll be rounding into round two midway about round two, maybe even through two rounds. These guys are pretty quick, and we will get to start the commentary. It was an absolute blast the last time we did this, and so we're just going to have a lot of fun with it and try to learn as much as we can about the FFPC and the, the draft symmetry uh, that exists uh, in that event. But before we do that, we uh, – I'll tell you what, Scott. The, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Real, real quick, we're going to uh, – on August 21st, uh, we're going to uh, we're going to be able to hit the meat and potatoes with the second, third, fourth round, right as we're doing it live. Because let's face it, that's when uh, that's when things happen. So that'll be awesome. We do want to get to the uh, main event at the World Championship. They released their rankings or, or their draft slots this week. 619 uh, owners uh, signed up and, and received their draft slots, Mike. That means they paid up and ponied up their two grand. Uh, 600, you can do the math, uh, have already paid to participate in the main event. And the draft slots were released. I, like I said earlier in the show, I received a five pick, and obviously you're thinking about a uh, top elite running back there or the best, one of the best wide receivers in Larry Fitzgerald or Andre Johnson. Uh, personally, I'm seeing a lot of value in those later round wide receivers, the Lavernius Coles, the Devin Hester's, uh, of the world in the 6th, 7th, and 8th round uh, type players, the Lance Moores, those guys, to help fill my team uh, later, the Eddie Royals in the 4th, those types of guys, Brandon Marshall's in the late 3rds and 4th. I mean, there's a lot of lot of value dropping on the wide receiver position. So I want to make sure, the more I look at this thing, I feel like I, I want to dedicate this pick to a running back. 
um, a, a running back, or if not uh, in the first three rounds, maybe two running backs. It's kind of where I'm leaning right now. Getting one stud wide receiver like a Steve Smith or something right around 2-8 uh, or, you know, or 2-9, I mean, hoping that he's still there at the 2-8. But if he's not there, then there's, there's, uh, there's other good ones there with Colston, um, you know, possibly Greg Jennings, something along that line. Uh, we're hoping for to get a wide receiver there and then, you know, maybe round up with another running back or a wide receiver. I haven't made my lineup uh, quite yet. But what I do want to talk about is we worked, we've been working tirelessly on this running back projection. Everybody sees that after the big three, and the big three are Adrian Peterson, Maurice Jones-Drew, and Matt Forte, there is a gaggle of running backs that could be taken from four to 12. Okay, and matter of fact, I mean, if you ask me, I even include a couple of guys like Clinton Portis and Brandon Jacobs. They are in my discussion because I just think they're that good and, and should be considered along with Marion Barber. Um, Absolutely. I, think those guys uh, I mean, there's no doubt about it, Scott. When when you're considering uh, for a one-year deal, you know, we're not talking dynasty, but uh, a one-year deal, uh, redrafting uh, Clinton Portis, I mean, heck yes. You you got to include him uh, along with Marion Barber, no doubt. Well, I included 14 of the best running backs. I'll just go ahead and read them off to you. Uh, I have obviously, Adrian Peterson, uh, Maurice Jones-Drew, and Matt Forte. But I included Brian Westbrook, Stephen Jackson, uh, Frank Gore, Steve Slayton, LaDainian Tomlinson, D'Angelo Williams, Chris Johnson, Michael Turner, um, if I didn't say Marion Barber already, Brandon Jacobs and Clinton Portis. I included 14 of the best running backs in the league, and, and, and I wanted to analyze and look a little bit deeper because when you're looking and you're trying, to, you're trying to break the tie here, what separates this player from the next strength of schedule becomes ultimately the most important piece in this thing. I know we talked about coaching. We had Lou Tranquilli on from BFD Fantasy a couple weeks ago. Coaching is very important when it comes to a lot of things, but strength of schedule inevitably – uh, is the deal breaker here when, when you're trying to break these ties between these guys that are all averaging, you know, 17, 18, 16, 19 points a game. Uh, these guys are all elite players, but what separates them is strength of schedule. So we, we decided to take a, a deeper look this year at strength of schedule, and what we ran into is pretty interesting. So I wanted to share that with you guys before we got into the announcing the, um, the draft slots for the uh, Big Payback League. So if I may... Uh, last year, just looking, just a, a look back at last year reveals that Ladanian Tomlinson had a very nice schedule set up. Uh, he was actually in this study of 14. He had a 7% better than average schedule uh, against the run for running backs, and he didn't do as much with it as some of the other guys did. Uh, conversely, Mike uh, D'Angelo Williams had a had a a, a pretty easy schedule. He was 5% easier uh, than the rest of the guys, uh, than the average. Right. You know, he's, he's, got an, he's got an easy schedule, too, and he did something with it. I mean, he took advantage of it. But when we look at the schedule this year, that's the thing about D'Angelo Williams that scares me. He, he has a 10% more difficult schedule based on last year's defenses. Obviously, they can improve. Some will go up, some will go down. But with all things being equal, D'Angelo Williams has a 10% more difficult schedule than the average running back in this study. That scares me. Um, well, I take, well, my take on that, Scott, is, you know, I love, uh, I love the fact that we, gotta look, we, we have to look at uh, schedule difficulties and things like that. Uh, the one thing about it is 
if you're always facing teams that are inferior, then you're probably not going to get the ball as much. And you won't have as many touches. You won't have as many uh, chances for the end zone. You can get them quick. Don't get me wrong. You can get them quick in the first, first, second quarter, third quarter, and then you're done. Then you're done. Then it goes to the backups. You know where I'm going with that. I mean, sure. I I, I think I. I mean, it's it's it is. Um, you you are. There, there's a couple of reasons why you use strength of schedule. Obviously, we have playoff strength of schedule, and Greg's in the chat room. Uh, welcome, Greg. Thanks for joining us. We use strength of schedule a lot for uh, fantasy playoffs, and we do have that broken down as well for weeks uh, 14 through 16. Very important to look at what type of schedule that is. That's a tiebreaker type decision. Um, but but I'll tell you what, just look at D'Angelo Williams last year. The first couple of games that he had were some of his worst of the year. But if you look at that, his toughest defenses he played were front-loaded in the beginning of the year. I don't think that's a coincidence, Mike. When he has his toughest right. games, the most challenging games he has, he can't get any rhythm, nothing's going, they abandon the run, and they start to pass. Um, so strength of schedule, if you look at just just a player like D'Angelo Williams, you can kind of see when he started going was when he got that first easy game and he started rattling off games against Kansas City and just started rolling with it. And, I mean, momentum had a lot to do with that, and he had some good games against some good defenses. I'm not taking anything away from him. But this year, if you look at comparatively speaking against the defenses he has to play versus what the other guys have to play, there's a big gap. For example, Matt Forte, when I when I put their schedule uh, in for 2009, he has a 9% easier schedule. 9% is huge compared to the average running back. Okay, there's a 19 point there's a 19% spread between D'Angelo Williams and Matt Forte. 9% higher than the average for Forte. 10% below the average for D'Angelo Williams. So you can kind of well, see, see why Forte is, is up in that discussion for number one running back this year. Right, absolutely. And uh, when we first talked earlier today, you know, I didn't realize he had that many uh, touches uh, coming out of the backfield as far as uh, receiving the ball. I mean, this guy could be a monster. Uh, the one thing that I'm concerned about is, uh, you know, you're talking about schedule, and that's wonderful – what is his schedule, say, from week uh, 8 to 14 and then uh, 15 and 16, those weeks there. Week 1 through 5, we can get through that. We can get through week 1 through 5. But now we're starting to talk 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 down the road. Yeah. Well, and, and the question here for any of, any of the guys that want to chime in would be, are the defenses predictable enough to be using strength of schedule? I think that's the question that's going on in the chat room right now. Are, yeah. are defenses predictable enough against the run? For example, you know, the Colts are the Colts, okay? They, their, their defense against the run isn't going to change. They had a great playoff run, but guess what? When, when the season starts again, they're back to being the Colts allowing that run and, and stopping the pass. So that's who they are. Kansas City, Denver, Detroit, these teams that were dead last in the league against the run – do you really think they're going to have a huge turnaround on run defense? That's a huge change in, in coaching philosophy, and it's a huge overall that has to happen with big bodies on that line. Uh, it just I, I, I don't personally see a, a huge swing. You may improve through the draft and through free agency. We have a couple of teams that really tried that, and I know New Orleans brought in a lot of guys this year to help uh, their defense uh, through the air, and, and you're going to see some, some swings up and down. But for the most part, who you are is who you are. And if you can't stop the run last year, good chance you're not going to be able to stop the run this year. Um, 
you know, Denver Broncos, Detroit Lions, these are teams that have a really Kansas City, these are teams that have a very hard time stopping that run. Uh, so I don't I don't I feel comfortable enough to use these as benchmarks. Not as absolutes. Obviously they're not, but I'll tell you what, when you see a spread like this and, and, and let me give you another name here. The the toughest schedule of any running back that I reviewed, just using last year's numbers, is Michael Turner. Michael Turner at ninety percent. Uh, he has a 10% harder schedule than the average running back in this study. Uh, he could be a guy that averages seven, goes from averaging 17.5 points a game without changing a thing, Mike. If he gives you the exact same performance that he gave you last year, uh, factoring in the defenses, he'll give you about 15 points a game this year with the defenses he faces. And that's quite a, that's a, that's a, quite a change, 2.5 points a game, 16 games. That's, you know, 40, 50 points there. That's very interesting, Scott. Uh, I, I wouldn't have thought that uh, Michael Turner could uh, would have made that big an impact last year, or will make that big big of an impact uh, this coming year in uh, 2009. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I believe in Michael Turner. I believe in what he can do, uh, but uh, the strength of schedule. I, I think you're bringing up something that really everybody needs to really uh, focus in on because. Uh, you know, there's so many times that you, you've got guys that are going against this division, going against the NFC East, for instance, or the uh, AFC South, or, or the AFC East, or the NFC uh, West, whatever, yeah. what have you. You know, I mean, it, it can make a big impact on uh, who you want to draft. Well, you guys, you guys that have draft positions already in the World Championship main event, you know what you're thinking. You know the guys that you're shuffling around. But I'll tell you, just from what I learned in this study, here's, here's what I basically learned. Uh, you should bump down D'Angelo and Michael Turner based on strength of schedule. You should, uh, you should see that uh, Steven Jackson is still a beast, and if he has a little bit of a, of, a, of a schedule, a little bit easier schedule, which he does this year, he, sh- he may average 20 points a game. Um, that, that's a very realistic number for Steven Jackson. If I can get him at five, I'll be absolutely ecstatic that somebody passed on him at four. Uh, Brian Westbrook, obviously the ultimate weapon. Uh, concerns on the injury, obviously, but he, again, if, he, if he's healthy, it's going to be very hard to pass him up. He's a guy that could average 20 points a game as well. And then I think the other one clearly is Matt Forte, uh, another 20-point guy. Adrian Peterson, uh, you know, has a lot of uh, interesting variables there, but Brett Favre being the biggest one, seeing what he did for uh, Thomas Jones. I talked to Jeff uh, Tirabasi before the show. He, he brought this up, too. Just thinking about what he did for Thomas Jones, just imagine what he could do for Adrian Peterson. No matter what the strength of schedule says, Adrian Peterson is a, is a game-breaker and he's a game-changer. Um, but what else I learned is Marion Barber, uh, again, a little bit undervalued here, um, his his – schedule is looks pretty favorable and again the nfc east is a beast when it comes to run defense you got philly you've got the giants you've got the skins and and obviously the cowboys those are very good run defenses uh marion barber's a little bit undervalued here and and i've been seeing him slip if he falls to me at 2-8 i'm snagging him and i'm going to be laughing i'll feel really good about that pick uh and frank gore frank gore's very undervalued i think for where he's been going he should be no later than about the top he should be no later than about the top six guys, in my opinion, uh, six, seven guys. And I've seen him dropping into 12 and later, you know, early part of round two even. I'm, I'm blown away that Frank Like Moore, you said, uh, Scott, there's a, there's, there's a gaggle of running backs that are out there uh, that can be taken in the first round and the, uh, well, in the 
top uh, eight, ten picks uh, immediately, and they can go and they can be valuable to your team. It's just figuring out which one do you want to take the chance on. I, I don't want to say take a chance, but really it is. Which one do you want to take the chance on? Which one do you want to take that early, that quick, and go with them? Well, the other option is to, um, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to understand which running back to take here, and we've got all kinds of data to look at. Um, but the other option is obviously to just say, screw it, go ahead and take Fitzgerald, get your mind focused on something else. <laughs> you know you have a, a top wide receiver in the bank. Or you can take Andre Johnson. I'm, I'm not going to have that debate tonight. That will be for another show uh, for our wide receiver rankings. But, uh, it, you know, you could go that route. Go ahead and take the wide receiver. You're guaranteed, you know, 270 points probably in uh, the main event uh, scoring. And, and, and you just take your running back chances later in the draft. There's plenty of value out there. I, 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 can't, I, can't, ta- I can't wait. I can't wait I, for the uh, second round. I've got to go ahead and do it in the first round. I've got to go ahead and do it in the first round. Well, let's go ahead. Uh, let's go ahead and pick up Alex Kaganowski from the FFPC. Hopefully he is uh, with us here. Let's see if we can't get him. On with us, Alex. Are with us? Yes. All right, buddy. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here, and thank you for inviting us back for the second commentary draft uh, for the Big Payback League. This is going to be uh, this is going to be real exciting. This is the league that I wanted to join more than more than any league that you put out this year, Alex. Is this five hundred dollars satellite to enter the Big Payback? Because quite honestly, the Big Payback is the league that everybody wants to be in. But you look at the price tag, and you're like. That's a lot of that's a lot of bread and a lot of milk and and man five thousand dollars these guys are some of the best. But what's the payback? <laughs> yeah, guys, uh, it is a pretty good league. Um, we we set it up uh, the way we set it up. It, it was pretty successful. Everyone who's played last year really loved it. We used the victory points, which uh, no one else uses in the high stakes world uh, except for one site online. Uh, but uh, as far as the big uh, high-stakes events, nobody uses victory points. And the big payback uh, does incorporate victory points, which, which is I personally uh, think is a great format. Um, and, uh, by the way, real quick on the, uh, on the strength of schedule, if you take a look at Turner last year, um, before I forget, take a look at his, his games. Take a look at his big games and take a look at his bad games. And, I mean, it's not... It's not 100%, you know, uh, down the line, down the list of his games, but uh, most of his bad games came against good defenses, which is the way it's supposed to be. So strength of schedule does play a big part. The question is, and this is the question, is can you figure it out correctly? Can you predict the strength of schedule? Because if you predict it correctly, then you'll have the upper hand. If you predict it incorrectly, then you're putting yourself behind the eight ball even more. Are you talking about uh, teams, Alex, uh, that basically uh, come off of a, you know, kind of a semi-tough year, and then next thing you know, they got a great defense? Or no, I'm just basically saying that you, as a fantasy owner, have to you have to evaluate uh, strength of schedule correctly. Uh, you know, you have to look at last year. You have to look at the additions they made this year, the coaching changes. Uh, you know, various uh, home away. Uh, uh, situation, you know, teams coming off buys, whatever, whatever the case may be, you have to really evaluate it correctly. Strength of schedule is a tricky thing. Uh, like I said, if you don't do it correctly, uh, you will screw it up. And if you allow it to affect your rankings, 
your rankings are going to be off. Uh, you know, because you're going to predict that, hey, you know, this is an easy game or this is a tough game, and if you don't predict it correct, well, <laughs> you know, you, you obviously uh, gotcha. you obviously predict it wrong. So, for instance, like uh, the Washington Redskins, I, I've kind of looked at them a little bit, and uh, you know, the signing of uh, Hainsworth, I mean, you know, they could be a very good uh, defensive team versus last year. So, right, that's, well, that's, that's exactly right. Well, that's a, bit, I mean, listen, that's an elite addition. Uh, I, I mean, you know, not too many people a, are adding uh, Hainsworth on a, on a yearly basis. You know, that's an elite addition. Right. Yeah, Billy Waz in the chat room uh, brings up a, a good point. It's very easy to overanalyze strength of schedule, but but I think that's what we're trying to do here because these guys are so group, tightly grouped together, more so than recent years. You're going to see so much fluctuation in the running back drafts in the first round. It's going to blow your mind. Every board's going to look different. I guarantee it this year more so than ever, and, and I think it's because of the parity in the league, but the, the two-back systems and all that, but uh, strength of schedule, I think, is going to be that tiebreaker type thing that, that kind of puts you over the top on in, in some of your decision-making. What else, what else could it be? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, that, that's really what we had to fall back on, and then the playoff schedule, obviously, with these contests, you're looking at the format, and you're saying, okay, what weeks are very important to me? What kind of matchups do we have that week? And you're, and you're crossing fingers that that'll work. And, uh, and and I guess you could look at handcuffs as another option and how how expensive is my cuff for that player. If I've got a tie between guys, how expensive is my cuff or my or my RB2 there to help out in case of an injury, that kind of thing. That's another another tiebreaker. But, uh, Alex, let's get to these uh, draft thoughts real quick. I've got 12 names here. Uh, but let, you want to do it like last time? You want to start with 12 and, and move up, or you want to start with one and move down? Uh, let's go from 12. Um, okay. Yeah. I think it'll be more uh, more fun that way. I think uh, people still consider the one slot, uh, you know, the first the first pick, the premium one, even even though uh, you know this year maybe not as much as the years before. But you know, the, the first the, when you're first, you're controlling your own destiny. So at least for the first uh, for, for, at least for the first pick in the in the draft. All right. Well, so let's uh, let's start with number twelve in the big payback well. satellite draft. Here we go. All right. Uh, all right. The uh, this time I last time I used uh, uh, crumpled up pieces of paper. Uh, this time I, I went high tech and I used the randomizer, uh, and this is what the randomizer spit out. Uh, cool. The twelfth pick is uh, Daryl Bomber, team number crunchers. All right, Daryl Bomber. No yeah, Daryl Bomber is new. He's actually going to be playing and partnering with Michael Thomas. He's played in the uh, the World Championship since year one. Um, they aren't playing this year. All of their leagues, uh, Alex, will be in the FFPC. Uh, they live in Southern California. Uh, Michael is a, is, is a native from Boston. Uh, and uh, they coach high school and uh, Little League Baseball. So, um, awesome. Darryl, yeah, Daryl has a, a wife. She's from uh, – they, they spend a lot of free time in New Zealand. And uh, I tell you what, they are – they are, if, if you had anybody here, uh, they're still looking to crack that, uh, to pop that cherry, so to speak, in, in the high-stakes uh, championships, uh, look, looking, for one of, looking for big things in, in this league, and they have a lot of fun. That's number crunchers. Daryl Bomber. That'd be fun. That'd be fun, Scott. Plus, they got that, uh, they got that next pick, and they got the uh, in round two. That'd be good. Well, you have a lot of flexibility from the 12 spot. You can do yep. anything you want. Two wide, two running back. Alex, you and I have been talking. 
D. Will and Gore, those types of guys are there at twelve and thirteen. It just blows your mind. You can get these guys yeah. at the end of the at the end of the first round. So I'm sure Daryl is 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 probably happier than any of the guys tonight. So yeah. congratulations, Daryl. Yeah, twelve. The uh, uh, D. Will and Gore at the twelfth pick, uh, in my mind, looks pretty good. But you know, there's there's obviously plenty of other opportunities. And uh, yeah, so congratulations to Daryl. Uh, I did speak to Daryl on the phone, and uh, and I thank him for. Uh, for supporting the FFPC. Um, now, for the 11th pick, do I get a ding or a dong? Yeah, give a ding, Scott. All right. There we go. <laughs> the 11th pick goes to Billy Wasowski. There he is. Billy Waz. In the chat room, Billy, call in and tell us what you think about that 11th pick before the night is over. El Toro. B. Laws from McKean, Pennsylvania, currently reliving in Richmond, Virginia. Been playing fantasy football since 1987, guys. This will be his 23rd year. You want to know why he's so good? That has a lot to do with it. He's been playing yep. all of the big ones, uh, the main event and world championship, the national uh, championship, and uh, the FFPC. Uh, he has been the 1995 Sporting News Fantasy Football National Champion. Uh, that was close to $30,000 there. And he's also the lifetime standings leader in the NFFC, which, in my opinion, is probably the biggest accomplishment. Uh, that, that's a very tough uh, tough cookie there. Uh, he's, he's an athletic director, and uh, he's a big fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers. His favorite fantasy player is Larry Fitzgerald. I don't think he'll have a shot at him at 11. And uh, his motto is, is, is funny. you got to hear it. If would'ves, should'ves, could'ves, and ifs counted – we all would be the best. You either get it done or you don't. So there you go, Billy Waz. <laughs> Billy uh, Billy is definitely an accomplished player, and um, you know if you see his name, uh, if he, if he ends up winning the FFPC or the World Championship or any of the other uh, contests anytime soon, uh, I don't think anybody should be surprised. Well, and and again, that 11 spot is a spot where you can grab a. You know, it's possible you can get an Andre Johnson and a Calvin Johnson. You know, two guys like that or Randy Moss. Those are the guys that are going right around there. You can really load up and be ahead of the game at F, for everybody else at your wide receiver spot. I've seen that quite a bit there from that 11 spot. So, it'll be right. interesting to see if he utilizes that. Okay, where are we at? Uh, we're at 10. Okay. Waiting for the dawn. I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna give you a, a, a dong or not. Well, let's see. We'll try one. All right, man. That went right in my ear. Enough of that. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Alex. All right. All right. The tenth pick is Michael Bronte, Megas Invictus. Vegas Invictus. Wow. Megas Invictus. That Magus was peasy. Megas Invictus, a New York native. Living out on the West Coast in L.A., uh, Mike's a great player. Been playing high stakes for the last three years, but he's been playing fantasy football for seven. Uh, last season, he finished first in the $500 FFPC Satellite League. So he, he has uh, experience. I don't, I don't know if that one was uh, – is this one victory points as well? Yes, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> same exact same, format. Same exact format, Absolutely. He was a season-high scorer uh, in that contest. He was the FFPC Playoff Challenge fourth place finish overall. I know that paid. That's a lot of fun. And uh, let's see, he, he listed uh, favorite foods, grass-eyed peas of round steak, <laughs> or grass-fed eye of round steak, my bad. Grass-fed eye of round steak. Uh, favorite team is the Patriots' favorite player. 
number 12, Tom Brady. Motto, desire owns talent, and uh, his strategy is go against the tide. So uh, Invictus is just a joy and a lot of fun on the message boards. He's been on the show. He's a red versus blue regular. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm real happy to see uh, Mike get a shot at this. And, and the 10 spot, he, he, again, it's another spot that I really like this year. The, the end and the beginning, I'm really high on. He can make something with that. He can make something with that. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, Michael's a good guy and uh, another big uh, FFPC supporter. And, um, you know, these three guys, uh, 10, 11, 12, um, you know, a lot of people, that this is where they want to be. So we'll see what these guys end up doing from these spots. All right, and he's with us tonight, so feel free to call in, Mike. There you go, buddy. There's your, there's your buzzer. <laughs> All right. Pick number nine. Ready? Yep. Give the bell. No, no bell. Enough of that. No bell. Uh, <laughs> pick number nine goes to Darren Armani, Fantasy Mojo. Darren Armani. Uh, yeah, I hey. met Darren earlier this year, Fantasy Mojo. Uh, FantasyMojo.com. We'll go ahead and plug the website. Check it out. I think you'll like what you see. Uh, like uh, he's, uh, he's from Philly. Uh, the suburbs of Philly, uh, currently living there, been playing fantasy football for 20 years. Uh, he's been playing all of the big ones, the, the, the World Championship, the National, and the, and the Players' Championship, since the inaugural season of WCFF in 2002. Uh, I don't know if he had another message board name around there. Maybe he just played a little low profile. Uh, favorite other hobby? Uh, he said there is no other hobby besides fantasy football. Uh, he was a money winner in the main event, Draftmaster, and Super Sats. In addition, his website, FantasyMojo.com, was the 2008 Fantasy Players Network Draft Challenge Champion. And I think you guys are going to uh, pull something off this year, Alex, uh, where we have some kind of uh, – what was that contest that was just announced? Uh, well, Darren's going to do uh, uh, kind of like a Joe versus Pro uh, league where he's going to try to put together – uh, two leagues of 12, um, uh, where with the 12 being uh, uh, representatives of uh, some of the bigger name uh, advice sites, fantasy football advice sites, and then uh, he's going to choose 12 FFPCers to represent the Joes. And uh, I think it's going to be fun. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he he's really the the man uh, running the show. So I'm not sure exactly what he's what he has planned, but uh, anyone uh, who wants to. Uh, uh, you know, if you want to read up on that, can go to our message boards and uh, and follow up on that. But it's well, and he's got that funny time. he's got that funny video on his website. Go check out fantasymojo.com. You'll see the video that I'm talking about. His favorite NFL team is the Eagles. Favorite food? Cheesesteaks. Favorite <laughs> 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 fantasy player is Tiki Barber. That guy won him a lot of cabbage over the years. His motto is eat big food and live large. His draft strategy. Analyze the draft board, anticipate the opponent's picks, let the drafts come to you and capitalize on the value presented during each pick of the draft, and never, ever draft Joseph Adai. He is never a value. Sounds like sounds like he's been burned before. So uh, I'm, not, yep. I'm not listening to Darren this year, but we'll see. I, I, I hear you. It's going to be tough. Isn't it right. funny how uh, some owners get, uh, if they get burnt by somebody, it's like, I will never draft this guy again. Or on the flip side, if somebody does well for them, it's like, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. It doesn't matter. You know, it could, 
he could be devalued or whatever, but I'm going to get him. So it's kind of funny how that works. Pick number eight. All right, here we are. Pick number eight. Goes to Wayne Ferguson, team pound for pound. Wayne Ferguson, uh, living in Upper Marlboro, Maryland, originally from Washington, D.C., been playing fantasy football for 15 years. Uh, team pound for pound has been playing all of the big ones, World Championship, NFFC, FFPC, 2005 to present, so he has experience in these formats. He, uh, it says he won the, F, uh, the $500 FFPC Satellite League, so I guess that meant that uh, Mike, uh, Megas Invictus, was in first place, but uh, I, guess, I guess Wayne won that league. Or did you have several of the 500s? I think we had a couple, I'm, I, but I'm pretty sure that uh, Wayne uh, won that one. Okay. Uh, he's, he's, uh, his favorite team's the Cowboy. Um, he's, his, he's got a hobby. He loves to run. His motto is just basically go with your gut. Get the players you want. Don't get fooled by the ADP. And, and man, I'll tell you what, that is, that is very good advice for the best drafters. Don't get fooled by the ADP. Yeah, uh, Wayne is uh, another great FFPC supporter. And uh, it's actually interesting. Uh, Wayne decided to uh, skip Vegas this year uh, and 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 save on the on the travel costs and save on the uh, uh, you know the lodging and everything like that. And and he decided to instead stay home, draft online, and buy a second FFPC main event team. So uh, I'll use this one this uh, opportunity to plug that idea to anyone who's listening. Uh, you know, if you're going to save some money somewhere along the line, well, maybe you'll have enough to buy an FFPC main event team. <laughs> it, is a, it, it is a very good option, Mike. And, and I, if, you're, if you can't make it to Vegas, you ought to consider it, buddy. All right, we're moving on. Number I, seven. I, I'm already thinking about it. <laughs> Halfway home. Okay, uh, pick number seven goes to John Duckworth, War Kittens. And his War partner, Kittens. Yeah, and his partner... Uh, Dale. Well, John couldn't be with us, but he is a regular. He is part of the crew here at Red vs. Blue, uh, a regular on the FFPC. That's all he's doing this year, I believe. He is a veteran of uh, World Championship, NFFC, and FFPC. Um, and I tell you what, he is—he's um, a heck of a player. He lives in—he uh, lives in Atlanta, originally from Tampa, and his uh, favorite NFL team is the Texans. So, this is a. This is a real good spot if you're an Andre Johnson or a Clayton fan. He lives in Tampa, and his favorite team is the Texans. I love that. Yeah, and his favorite NFL fantasy player, obviously, uh, well, actually, no, it's Priest Andre Holmes. Andre Johnson. Priest Holmes. Priest Holmes. He's been really? playing for over 15 years. John's a, John's a veteran, and he will, by the end of the day, put together one heck of a draft. He, he went with uh, something a little bit unconventional in the – in the first commentary draft that we were we had, he didn't take a wide receiver until round number seven, and I wasn't a big fan of that strategy. His, his wide receiver one was Lance Moore, Bernard Barry, and then he put together. But again, I think that's a different format. So uh, let's see what he does with this big payback draft. Uh, yeah, John's been around for years, and um, uh, he's also uh, uh, he's he's actually <laughs> he he's been uh, getting into every single new. Uh, New format that the FFPC has introduced. He's made sure that he got into uh, this year. So, uh, so we uh, thank you, thank you, John, for that, for the support. 
We keep having that 323 caller on the in the, in the board. Pop back on. We'll get to you, buddy. Let's go ahead and move on to number six. Number six, the pick goes to Kip. Oh, oh, oh. Try it again. Try it again. All right. Uh, the number six pick goes to Kip Lockwood, Team Nimrod. Kip Lockwood, a, a veteran of uh, the high-stakes world. He's played a lot of those other uh, high-stakes leagues um, that, are, are, that are around the circuit uh, that a lot of us know about. Uh, he's been playing six years in the World Championship and uh, playing in the FFPC this year. Uh, out there in uh, Campbell, California, Silicon Valley. Um, <laughs> he's, a, he's a character, man. His, uh, he doesn't have a, a favorite NFL team. He's a fully recovered Raider fan, as he puts it. Uh, <laughs> favorite NFL fantasy player, Terrell Davis and Emmitt Smith. Um, he says, when all else fails, his motto, try a gun. Uh, draft strategy, strategy. We don't need no stinking strategy. So that that's just anything about Kip. I've asked Kip to call us up uh, during the show on uh, the night of August 21st. That would be a hoot. That would be fun. He was a little worried about calling in at any point. I said, man, call us up after the 15th round and just check in with us. He said, ah, that's where all the gems are, man, the Antonio Bryants and all that. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. But Kip's a good guy. I enjoy I enjoy being uh, around Kip, and he has a lot of experience in, these, in the high stakes in the high-stakes world. Uh, yes, he does, and uh, Kip's been playing actually with you and, and myself, Scott, in the league for years uh, using the victory points format. Um, and um, and uh, actually, I remember I think five years ago, uh, Kip traded. Uh, well, Kip traded. I traded him Aaron Brooks, and I got back. I, I got back Frank Gore at the end of the year, and I ended up winning that uh, championship that year. So. I just yeah. uh, I just like to thank Kip for that one. Rub it in. <laughs> I was there. I remember. Okay, let's move on. We've got we've got uh, 20 minutes left, and we got five picks to go. We're doing good. All right. Uh, the fifth pick goes to Tom Yates. Tom Dog. Wow. Wow. Tom Dog. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody knows Tommy from his um, his Pittsburgh Steeler antics. But I'm going to go ahead and post a little link there in the uh, in the chat room. He posted a video today that's circulating around YouTube, and there's a lot of live coverage there of the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Uh, it's a good video. Uh, there's a couple of a couple of us uh, regulars that are on that video, and uh, Tommy's just a great guy. He cashed a hundred thousand dollars in uh, the National Football Championship last year, so he has a lot of experience um, cashing in these things. He was second place in the postseason contest in the FFPC last year. Uh, and I think he won it a couple years ago, too. So he's in a hot streak on those postseason contests. Um, he's got over 30 WCFF wins. And, again, he's a Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers fan. He loves Larry Fitzgerald. And, well, again, at the five spot, right, I'm going to be interested to in see what he does. That's what I have in Vegas. And maybe, maybe he takes a chance on Larry Fitzgerald. It would not surprise me because – what, in our other draft, he took Fitzgerald at one. Uh, yeah, that is correct. That uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be I, – I, I'm pretty sure that if uh, Fitzgerald is there at five, there's no doubt that Tom's not letting him pass uh, right. unless he's got something new, uh, something new in his head. Tommy is hitching his wagon to Larry Fitzgerald this year, so I, I, I can definitely see it. Hitching his wagon. 
if, if you want Fitzgerald, you're gonna and you want to steal it from him, you're gonna have to take him at four because uh, he, he's gonna go at five. <laughs> That's right. I love that Scott hitching his wagon. Yep. All right, let's move on. We got number four spots left. All right, uh, the fourth pick goes to Jeff Terribasi, Cornfins. Wow. I spoke to Jeff tonight, man. This guy, and, and I'll tell you one thing about Jeff. I, I, I remember walking in, and again, this 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 uh, draft slot show is not only to give the picks to the players, it's also to introduce you to these guys and get you to know some of the names that are in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. Uh, Jeff was, walked into Vegas, uh, the main event draft room, all the boards. I'm hunting around looking for all the guys that I know. I see Jeff. I go up there. I say, Jeff, what's going on? I see this glare over his face. He says, "He says I've got to have Adrian Peterson." Okay, this is this is Adrian <laughs> Peterson's rookie year. Uh, okay, this is before he's anybody in the NFL. He was drafted by the Vikings. They have Chester Taylor that's there. He said, "I've got to have him. I love him. I just I, I'm all over him." He ended up taking uh, he ended up taking Adrian Peterson. I think at two eleven if I remember correctly. At the end of the second round, in his ADP, if you guys remember in his rookie year, we got Lou in the chat room. He'll probably remember. Uh, I think it was like in the fourth round, uh, maybe even the fifth. Uh, but he took Adrian Peterson in, in two eleven, and boy, was he right about Adrian Peterson. Um, that's one thing I remember about Jeff. Uh, he's from Rochester, New York. He's, live, he's living there uh, now and born and raised there. He's been playing fantasy football for 20 years. And uh, he, he's been uh, three years in the NFFC, every year in World Championship, and, again, second year in the FFPC. Uh, he was a lead champ for the FFPC in 08, Alex, so he knows about your contest. Not only that, he's played in the big payback. Uh, he did pay the $5,000 uh, last year. And so he um, he knows this format as well, and he's played in the other victory, in many other victory point uh, leagues as well. Um and Jeff's a good guy. And he also placed second overall in the Platinum League in the AFFL. And I think we all remember uh, how, how that went. So let's go on. we got uh, three picks left, and we're, and we're doing good on time. We've got the top three picks. Everybody's been looking forward to these, and we've got three names left. So it's got to be in one, in one of these so many choices here. All right. Uh, pick number three, we have the other Jeff, Jeff. Gill, team named Fish. Fish. Fish is from the Elevator Fraternity. Uh, <laughs> yeah. At the was it the Mirage, Alex? Is it the oh. Mirage? Oh yes. <laughs> I'll never forget the uh, Elevator Fraternity. Uh, Jeff Gill, an accomplished fantasy football player. Before we get to the Elevator story, seventeen years been playing uh, been playing fantasy football. He lives in Fair Oaks Ranch, Texas, just outside of San Antonio. So you've got your uh, think, think what you're looking at here, and uh, you can you can get a mental picture. Uh, born in Dallas, uh, he's got AFFL prizes, FFPC champion of the field of 64. He was a number one seed in the auction league at FFPC, third place finisher in the FFPC draft experts 1250 dollars league. Uh, the toilet bowl winner going away in the FFPC. He said he would have outpointed cocktails and dreams for the 75K, but he didn't make the race. So uh, that's that's a hard pill to swallow. Favorite team's the Cowboys. His loyalty is starting to wane. I don't know if you know anything about that, Mike. His favorite NFL yep. fantasy player is Emmett Smith. 
and uh, he loves the, loves the golf and boat. But I'll tell you what, I just the memory I have of Fish, uh, what a great guy. And after the FFPC draft, we had a great time in Vegas. We're all getting together, wanting something to do. He invites us up to the suite where he's got a huge spread up here at the top in one of the penthouse suites. And nice. <laughs> we get in the elevator with how many of us? Lou uh, or, or Dave was in there. Day Drinkers was in there. Lance Lance was in there. And, and we've got footage of this too. So I've got I've got video footage on, from my phone. It's still on. It's still on my phone. If you guys want it. So that's the elevator event. I like it. How long were we stuck in that thing? There was 14 of us there, and we were stuck. <laughs> and, and we got stuck about three feet off the first floor. We we got up about three feet, and, <laughs> and uh, we got stuck for an, and we got stuck for an hour and a half. Uh, and uh, the first the first 40 minutes were were fun. Uh, the next uh, 20 minutes got old. were not so much fun. The last 15 <laughs> minutes were 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 not fun at all. And it took so long because you could feel them. You could feel them tell, in that elevator back up like an, a half an inch at a time. I mean, it was it was slow. Yeah, and and <laughs> you know, I, I got a I got a funny follow up. Uh, Dave and I, uh, my partner Dave and I were uh, in Vegas earlier this year uh, on business, and we got we just happened just it was pure coincidence happened to have to meet somebody at the Mirage, and we happened to get in the same elevator. That oh, no, no kidding. Yes, yes, we did. And, and uh, it, it was uh, it, it was a, it was a weird feeling getting into that elevator. Oh yeah! Matter of fact, after they got us out, they opened those doors up, and there's firemen and EMTs, and and all the security is sitting there as they open those doors up, and we all come piling out and they're checking everybody out, and they're checking Leroy out, and and I'll just never forget that. About you know a half an hour later, where everybody's all settled down, we're going back up. And so we hop in one of the elevators and go right back up. I was like, man, let's use the stairs. I do not want to get back in one of these things. <laughs> yeah, except we're going to, like, the 40th floor, so. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Well, anyway, Jeff uh, landed the three-pick here, and he's going to get the leftover remaining of whatever's there from Matt Forte, MJD, uh, and Adrian Peterson. And then he can really do anything you want to do from the three spots this year. You can take two wide receivers. The only thing that I see wrong with that strategy is, when it comes back for 4:10, you are crossing your fingers that one of your running backs is there because if they're not, you have to have a Marshawn Lynch, a Larry Johnson, or a Joe Adai, Thomas Jones, something like that as your RB2. Now, will it work? Sure. Do you feel great about it as your RB2? Probably not. Uh, I know you love those two wide receivers, but how do you feel about that RB2? And I hate leaving the draft not feeling solid about my team needing a little, little bit of luck. So, if it were me, I think I almost have to take a second running back in those first three rounds. That's I agree. <laughs> All right, let's go on. Let's move on. Number two. Uh, and the second pick goes to John Haskell, Syracuse Slappers. Uh. John Haskell, the Syracuse Slappers. Uh, well, where do you think he's from? <laughs> he's from Syracuse. Uh, Donovan McNabb country. Been playing uh, fantasy football for ten years. High stakes for three. Um, his accomplishments. He said he's uh, tied for regular season league thirteen best record. Not much else. At least nothing that anyone would really care about. Uh, so we have to talk about food. He's a, he likes Italian. Uh, his favorite hobby's working out. He's a Minnesota Vikings fan. Favorite player is MJD. 
and he lands the two pick. So uh, if that's not fate, I don't know what is. His motto, and if you guys can name this movie, uh, I'll give you a prize. It's not that I'm lazy, I just don't care. Dave must draft strategy. I like to draft a balanced team through the first five rounds. However, if I see a shift, I'm not afraid to go outside the box if I think it will work. He's married with four kids, (laughs) which keeps him crazy busy. He's looking forward to drafting in Vegas this year and meeting all the people behind the team names that he's been playing against for the last couple years. He says the FFPC has drawn the best of the best high-stakes fantasy football. There you go. Yes, uh, John's a great guy. He's, uh, he's found us, the FFPC, and uh, he's supported us uh, since since the last year. And, uh, listen, he's got tough competition here, no doubt about it, but uh, – yeah, where 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 is there not tough competition these days in uh, high stakes fantasy? Well, again, exactly, Alex. You know he he's ready, and uh, you know I love the fact that uh, he's he's wanting to jump into it just like myself, and uh, that makes it that makes it even more fun for not just the competitors that have been there for a while, but for the newbies, and uh, that that's going to be a lot of fun for him. Hey, uh, Billy! Billy was the correct answer, the first correct answer in the chat room with office space. Uh, Lou guessing Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, okay. Matter of fact, Lou, you did get a shout-out here from John Haskell. He said the FFPC has drawn the best of the best in high-stakes fantasy football, and he believes that's a testament to Alex and Dave and Lou, for that matter. This year should be the best yet, and he just hopes that he can hang with all these guys. So, John sounds like a really good guy. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, all right. All right. The first pick goes to... Less Sandlin, Team Sandman, Sandman's Time. He was one of the last ones in. Good. Yeah, he actually he was a replacement, a last second replacement, and uh, yeah, and yeah, he got the first pick. Go ahead, Scott. Well, Good. Uh, I have just uh, before we get to his bio, Les was uh, the reason why I got booted out of the Field of 64 contest last year. I'll tell you, that was I was really excited about that Field of 64 contest last year. And the first team I had to go up against is here in the chat room tonight, Sports Betting Man. And we had an epic battle. I think it was a three-week contest right off the bat, and I just narrowly escaped, uh, narrowly, <laughs> narrowly escaped a, a, a loss there and came out of that with a win and I felt real fortunate and then I came on and won the next round and then I had to face less and we had both had really good really good starts up until that point and it came down to our final game uh, in the final week and I had so many points to make up and I fell like point two tenths of a point short uh, and, and I think he went on uh, to do very well in that contest but uh, less uh, couldn't put us tonight he was at a Cardinals game tonight otherwise he'd have been in the chat room uh, Les is from St. Louis, Missouri. His team name is Sandman's Time. He's been playing fantasy football for 10 years. High stakes is his third year this season. Uh, he won his league championship in his first ever high stakes league in the world championship. And then in the FFPC, he lost in the league championship and ended up finishing third overall in that field of 64. He's fairly new to the high stakes arena, but he feels in a short time he's made his presence felt. He looks forward to the challenge of the big boys for many years to come. Les is uh, like a real he's, good guy. He's got a pretty good resume. Yeah. Well, that's it, man. 
That's the 12, Alex. Thanks for stopping in and, and, and announcing those for us. The draft is going to be on August 21st, and you guys are still taking applications for the big payback leagues in Vegas, right? Uh, the big payback, the $5,000 entry league, has uh, uh, three openings currently. Uh, we've had a couple of people who committed earlier, but uh, unfortunately, for various reasons, had to back out, and that's no problem. But uh, that has uh, given opp- three, uh, opportunities to uh, three others who can join us uh, and try to win 25000 for first, 15000 for second, and uh, some other prizes there as well. Uh, we're paying out 92% on that league. Uh, I believe that's the highest in, in the high-stake industry. Well, Where should I go check that out, uh, Alex, uh, in the FFPC on the message board? or You can you can check out that draft, uh, Mike, on yeah on the message board, myffpc.com. You'll you'll be able to find it. And um, yeah, 92% payback. You can't beat that. $25,000 top prize. And I think only the top three get paid out, right? Yeah, the top three get paid out. And also uh, we pay for the first and second seed uh, in the regular season. The first and second seed in the regular season after 13 weeks get $5,000 each. Uh, so you, you have a chance to uh, win $30,000. Uh, total at the end of the year if you're the champion. Uh, so, yeah, it's good it's, stuff. It's, Thanks, Alex. It's a great league, that's for sure. Hey, let's I, take a quick call. We've got two minutes left. We've got a caller from the three two three state team. Who's this? It's Michael B. Invictus, baby. How you feeling? Oh, hey. <laughs> I'm feeling good. How you feel, Scotty? Hey, better than I deserve, buddy. Listen, you got the ten spot. Uh, tell us your thoughts on the 10. What are you thinking? Well, I got a lot of options at the 10, but uh, I think uh, I'm going to probably go wide out. I don't want to give too much away, of course, but, uh, yeah, I, I like my options at the 10. I was hoping to land anywhere between uh, 4 and 10, so I'm happy with it. So you're going to go wide out and then run back, right? Uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I do like to go against the tide, so to speak. So uh, maybe running back. You know, last year, actually, uh, in the $500 league, I was the high score and uh, pound for pound ended up winning the league. And I didn't take my running back until the fourth round. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I'll do with my second pick. Well, and that's but, interesting to say that Slayton was out there last year. People hit on Slayton. Uh, people hit on Forte. There were a lot of value picks there at running back, and I'm sure there will be again this year. But at the 10 spot, if you start off wide receiver, wide receiver this year, uh, the best you're probably going to get is maybe a Reggie Bush and, you know, maybe a Kevin Smith, something like that. And, and if you can live with a combo like that, I think I think it's a very good strategy to start off wide out, wide out. Well, you need a little bit of luck. And, again, I hit on, uh, again, the uh, rookie bonanza last year. I had uh, my two for, my two running backs – Fourth and fifth round were uh, Forte and Chris Johnson. So that really, yeah, it worked for me. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, uh, you know, and they're out there again this year. So uh, we'll see. It's going to be great fun. I was uh, I was very happy to get into this. I didn't want to miss it, and uh, I had good luck with the uh, 500 last year. And uh, being that you guys are promoting it, it's got to be uh, even more fun. Well, we're hoping uh, to see, obviously, one guy out of these 12 is going to be representing Red versus Blue uh, Fantasy Sports Radio at the big payback draft in Vegas. Uh, we're real excited for uh, for one of you guys to be staring at those other guys who've all chipped in 5000 and just kind of a little smile to say, hey, I'm sitting here for 500 So 
it, it'll be a lot of fun. We'll see you guys um, in, the, in the big payback draft in the satellite August 21st. Mark your calendars. Don't miss it. Uh, everybody that wants to chime in. We had our biggest show when we did that commentary draft last time. We're expecting big things again uh, for that draft. So. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. stuff was packed into it and I'm thinking holy cow it's quarter quarter 12 what the heck are we going to do <laughs> yeah. yeah well we uh we we stream live every week on the fantasysportschannel.com uh obviously it's an iTunes uh, podcast uh you can you can subscribe for free just click on the little uh subscribe link and it'll it'll download to your podcast your uh to your subscriptions there and uh man I thought it was we got awesome. a little bit of, we got what's that what's that I said I thought it was awesome. I mean, you know, just breaking it down and then one at a time, and then finally getting down to one with about uh, five minutes to go. I mean, that was great. And then get the call in. That's great. Well, I tell you what, this running back strength of schedule thing. I'll tell you what. If anybody wants this uh, and you're listening to the podcast, shoot me your email uh, address. You can send it through the show. Uh, you can send it to my email atkins.scott at gmail dot com. Uh, you can you can send it on this way. We will uh, send you the strength of schedule that we came up with. I'm sharing it with you guys. I want you to see what I'm seeing with D'Angelo Williams and Michael Turner. The schedule is absolutely brutal when you plug it all in. The the goal here for me was to look at their points per game from six from eight, Mike, and then right. take. Here's what I wanted to do. I wanted to take the schedule that they were blessed with or cursed with last year and take that out of the equation. So I used the baseline average of what that schedule would have been on the, for the average running back to accomplish what their points per game would be if they had an average schedule. That puts everybody on an even keel. Then what I do is I apply the, the, the schedule makeup for 2009 based on 2008 numbers. I'm not going to get into to critiquing the defenses. You know, that's just for somebody else to do. But I, I throw that back in to see the new projected points per game and I'll just tell you, uh, at the top of the list, Brian Westbrook, Stephen Jackson, Matt Forte. They blow everybody away. And, I, I mean, they're blowing away Adrian Peterson. Uh, they're blowing away D'Angelo Williams, Chris Johnson, Michael Turner. Those guys are at the bottom. Those, those that really surprises me. I mean, it really does. That's surpri- I mean, that surprises me. Well, here's the thing. What happened last year is those guys, and I'll read that list off, LaDainian Tomlinson, Adrian Peterson, D'Angelo Williams, Chris Johnson, and Michael Turner all had favorable running back schedules last year. Like it or not, they had the right. favorable schedules. The guys that had the toughest schedules, let me tell you, Brandon Jacobs, 
had the toughest running back schedule of anybody in the league. Brian Westbrook second, Clinton Portis third, Steven Jackson fourth. These guys, Marion Barber fifth, Frank Gore sixth, Slayton seventh. All these guys had tough schedules against the run. And if that, if that tells you anything, I know if you guys are taking notes right now, you should be. Those are the guys that they did very well. They're okay. What'd you say? But those are the guys you better take right now, in my opinion. Well, they, they represent value, I think, at this point. I don't yeah. think you go out and you chase them down in the earlier spots, but I think they represent value. And so don't be afraid to take those guys because they had very tough schedules. Does it get any easier this year? And that's what this strength of schedule document is designed to do, is to look at it this year and say, does it get any easier for these guys? And quite honestly, uh, for uh, Brandon Jacobs, it doesn't get a lot easier, but it does for Frank Gore, Steve Slayton, Steven Jackson, Matt Forte, by far has a much easier schedule. That's why I'm thinking Matt Forte has elevated to the number one position in my rankings. I'm really, I'm really wow. with that at this point. Over Frank Gore and Steve Slayton. You would take Matt Forte over Frank Gore and Steve Slayton. I'm taking Matt Forte over Adrian Peterson and Maurice Jones-Drew. Okay. Wow. That's right. Now, and again, the only question, now, and again, that is just looking at these rankings and this, this, this metric. The only thing that I have a question about is Jay Cutler. What does Jay Cutler do to Matt Forte? And, and that's when we start getting into the, the, to the questions of, well, he got a lot of dump passes last year. I mean, this guy averaged 3.9 receptions per game, more than any other running back in this study. He averaged more receptions than MJD and Brian Westbrook by a hair. So does he get those same dump-off passes, Mike? Are dump passes and screen passes a product of the quarterback or are they a product of the defense and the philosophy? I don't, or the offense you know, I don't know. I, I, Rachel and I, we were talking about it earlier today, and uh, I think it's a product of uh, the fact that they couldn't get anything done. Uh, I think once uh, Jay Cutler gets uh, comfortable with uh, Chicago, that may take away from Matt Forte, in my opinion. That's, I think it's going to take away from Matt Forte. Well, and for the guys in the chat room, uh, it won't be available. Uh, the podcast won't be available uh, until about 20 minutes. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at these rankings, and I'm just blown, I'm blown away about how difficult this schedule is for D'Angelo and Michael Turner. Now, again, they – they had it easy last year. I'm telling you, if you look at the numbers, those two guys had it easy compared to the rest of these elite running backs. That's why they were at. That's why you see so much fluctuation at the running back spot, the top ten every year. The schedule has a lot to do with it. You usually see yeah. about five of the top ten, Mike, every year going out and five new ones coming in. Well, if I look at this, I'm saying D'Angelo and Turner going out and a couple of guys that are coming in, just might be Brandon Jacobs, and 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 you might see, um, you know, uh, well, I, I know Stephen Jackson was one that was was hurt for four games. This guy averaged 19 points a game last year and missed four games. Okay, uh, right. <laughs> he's gonna put up monster stats. I can only hope and pray to get Stephen Jackson at five. I will feel very, very happy about that. Well, let me let me ask you this real quick, Scott. <clears throat> can you see a? Uh say a 10th round pick, not not a 10th round, but a 10th overall pick outscoring a number one pick this year. A 10th overall 
sure. outscoring yeah. a number one overall. Oh, this you year more than, more than ever. This year more than ever. Yeah, I, I think we could see all the way to about the top 18. You may have a number one pick there anywhere in that top 18. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I, I mean, it's staggering. It surprises me is how far it's gone uh, between uh, three or four years ago and now to where it's like, you know, you're going to seem like a genius, but you may not be a genius, and uh, vice versa. Well, we're, we're excited about it. Another thing I wanted to look at, Derek Mason retiring. I don't know if you buy this or if this is a contract play, but what does that do for Mark Clayton? His, his, AD, his ADP is 124 right now. Uh, you can get him pretty cheap in the eighth, ninth round, uh, heck, even the tenth round uh, at times. So what – Mark Clayton becomes uh, Flacco's number one guy now. What's that do for Flacco? Well, I think I, I think Flacco's just going to rely on what he needs to do uh, coming into camp. It's a major uh, blow. It's a major blow to Flacco if he loses him. I don't. Uh, no, no, no. It's not. Up. No, it's not. It's not at all. I mean, if they double Mark Clayton, who are they going to throw to? Can you name another receiver, please? Try again. No, they can't. No, I can't. But they will find somebody, and Joe Flacco will find somebody. It's not going to be Todd Heap. L.J. Smith can't stay on the field. Mark Clayton's going to get double teamed. Who are they going to throw to? Demetrius Williams can't stay on the field. Marcus Smith, the young rookie from a couple – I mean, these guys have not done anything. Now, Marcus Smith maybe does something to develop. They have to go find an Anquan Bolden. They have to go pay – for a Marvin Harrison or somebody to get out there on the field, I don't care. Who they're not. There. They're not going to pay the money to do that. But there will be some wide receiver that will that will flourish in the system. It will happen. It always does. I, I, I believe in systems, Scott. I believe systems do work, and uh, we'll see what happens. I would have liked to have seen uh, Terrell Owens go to Baltimore, but he went to Buffalo so fast. It was like the first team he went to see, and he, they didn't even let him leave. So it was a good snag by them. Uh, Terrell Owens will not work in Buffalo. There is no way. I mean, I know he's there, but there is no way because systems. Trent Edwards to Terrell Owens, no freaking way. I'm sorry. It will not work. Well, I don't know. I, I tell you what, I, I'm, I'm not getting into a Terrell Owens discussion tonight. But uh, you know what? Let's let's talk about somebody else that, that just was real head case last year, Matt Jones. Could you see Matt Jones landing with somebody that needs a wide receiver right now, like the Jets or the Giants and, and the Browns? Or, and can he contribute? I think so. Well, I'll tell you one team he won't land on is red versus blue uh, fantasy football. Because <laughs> the guy can't catch code. Hey, Mike, I got I got a song queued up. Let's play Name That Tune. I'll bet you uh right. I bet you, you you can't name this tune in uh five notes. Is it rap? I'm not telling. All right. Lay it on me. Five notes. I name it in four. You name it in four? How about yep. how about three? Name that tune. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you one note. Okay, if you can Before. name one note. Here we go. Color. What? Beat what? it. <laughs> you said thriller. 
Yeah, but no, that that was Mark, my 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 twin. You said Thriller, man. It was that's beat it. Okay, all right. Yeah. Listen, gang. Hey, we got to go. Big payback draft, August twenty first, two thousand nine. We're super stoked about the world championship uh, announcing their draft slots. Everybody's got them. We're going to talk that a lot more next week. Uh, I've got the five pick. You chime in what you have. Um, we also just launched a new website over at the World Championship, wcofs.com slash site slash team legacy. It has all of our podcasts there. Thanks to, to Dustin and the guys. They have our uh, we, We've unveiled our red versus blue top three at each position. So uh, feel free to go over there, wcofs.com slash site slash team legacy. And, uh, guys, we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Mike, thanks again, buddy. Hey, love you, Scott. See you.